0: We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening. This is the word of the Lord. He gave to me about you. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. So I speak comfort to you this morning. Your sad days are gone. You are forgiven what happened in the past is in the past. And God says, all things are new for you. So I'm so excited to share that word with you this morning. After this verse goes into a more familiar verse, it says, listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make straight paths through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. John the Baptist was the one who cleared the way for Jesus. And it's only through Jesus that we have the forgiveness for sins and the comfort that he promised 2,500 years ago to this prophet at that time. So, comfort, be comforted today. We're going to pray and then we'll move into the word. Father, I thank you that you hear us when we pray. You alone are our comfort, you alone are our hope. David wrote in the Psalms that you alone are our radiant hope. Father, you are like no other, and the blessings that you give are never taken back. Thank you that your word is a blessing that we can read and know you better. Would you help us to do just that this morning? And we ask all this in Jesus name. Amen. You can be seated. Um, I am so excited to be with you this morning. Um, I want to first honor God. God has been at work in my life doing some amazing things. He's been with me in some hard times and he is responsible for this church. This is his church. This is not the Adams' church, this is not a Wesleyan church, this is his church. We might be all those things, but we're also his church. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. I just wanna honor our guest, if this is your first time here, welcome. Um, so glad you're here. You are a very important person to us. Um, but I also want to honor our partners. Our partners are here every week making sure that Sunday morning experiences happen. Because we're a mobile church, all of this gets loaded onto carts and rolled into trailers and box trucks and gets put away and pulled back out every week and reset. Okay, so it's crazy. And these people are dedicated and they do it just to make sure that you know you're loved every single week. Um, myself, I'm Emma Adams. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Church. God uh, asked me to lead, and I said, Are you serious? <laughs> you <laughs> And then he said, yes. And I said, okay, let's do it. Um, And I want to take a moment to welcome in all of our online listeners. Um, I am excited to announce that in just a few weeks, once we are in the auditorium, which, like Alfie said, should be in just a couple of weeks, we will actually be able to broadcast live. Uh, So that means that everybody uh, who has the ability to access uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, will be able to see Hope Church experiences. And I'm so excited for that. That's been a long time coming. And our team has been working so hard to make sure that happens. Can you guys give it up for our production team? These people in the back do stuff that I've never seen, uh, never heard. They do stuff throughout the week, and I'm so thankful for them. I'm also thankful for our worship team. What Grant Spear can sing. Who knew, right? Amazing. So excited to have him stepping out in that capacity. Uh, and I think you all would agree that he nailed it this morning. I think he is excellent. I'm so glad to have him stepping into different roles. He's just talented. He can play anything. It's crazy. Listen, LifeLock CEO Todd Davis was so confident in his company's ability to stop stolen identity cases that he began an advertising campaign that included sharing his Social Security number. The marketing ploy ultimately backfired when several reports showed his social security number being compromised and used for taking out loans and opening accounts. He found out he had several thousand dollars worth of debt and his name uh, had been stolen and identity had been used when the collection agency started calling him. Not only was his identity stolen and his credit reunion, but essentially he gave it away he gave it away. And so while we may not have our credit cards stolen, if you ever have, is that not a nightmare, right? For real. It's easy for our identities to get mixed up with the wrong things. Either we're overconfident like Davis or full of shame. Either way, Jesus provides a better way. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. So a little bit of uh, education in psychology. Eric Hamburger Erikson was a German-American developmental psychologist and psychoanalyst known for his theory on psycho, psychological development of human beings. If you ever had to take a psych class, you've had to study him and his stages. He coined the phrase identity crisis. Erik Erikson outlined eight stages of psychosocial development from birth through age 65 plus. And each stage is different, but the one that sticks out the most is the one occurring between 12 and and 18 years of age. He calls this stage identity versus role confusion, during which adolescents really wrestle with who they are in a changing body with changing hormones, trying to identify their own values and beliefs and goals separate from their parents. And failure to navigate these decisions well will result in role confusion. That's why it's identity versus role confusion. And it will also result in the inability to find one's place amongst one's peers and relationships. Guys, it has been my experience that this identity phase reoccurs (laughs) later for us in adults in different ages and different stages. And in our present culture, identity undergoes attacks nearly constantly. When we consider the questions that adolescents are currently faced with and are asked, it becomes clear that things have really changed in our culture. We used to ask children, what would you like to be when you grow up? Or what club or sport are you in? But now children are asked questions such as, what are your pronouns? And what is your sexual identity? As young as four and five years old, this lends to even more confusion for people just trying to understand themselves. These questions don't just plague adolescent people, they plague adults, and adults are now being asked the very same questions, and sometimes the results are catastrophic for their identity. As we move along into adulthood, things get more and more complicated for us. Remember what it was like for you when you maybe got married and you were no longer an individual person. You now had to figure out who you were as a spouse, as a wife or a husband, or maybe you graduated school and you're no longer a student and you now have a a title and that title comes with expectations. And now you have to figure out how your title identifies you. Or maybe when you became a parent and you're now somebody's mother or father. What a crisis of identity. A lot of times I've had to help women walk through what it's like to no longer be a single woman and to be a mother. That's a whole different experience. And it's hard to navigate. Your whole identity becomes flipped upside down and you realize you're responsible for this human being (laughs) 24-7. It does not stop. Your identity becomes shifted, and your values and your goals get reevaluated. Or maybe it's when your children grow up and move out, and you're like, "Okay, now I don't have kids in the center of my home. So who am I if I'm not a parent? Who am I if I'm not taking care of somebody?" Or maybe, um, or maybe you become a grandparent, and your role in the family shifts yet again. Then your identity can shift all the more when you become your parent's caretaker. And now it's your responsibility to care for your parents. The truth is, is that throughout our lives, we are faced with many crises of identity. And these all can be extremely overwhelming and confusing for all of us. But this morning, I want to acknowledge that I personally understand this. This is not beyond me. Identity and role confusion have occurred for me. And right now, the stage I'm in, it's realizing and accepting that I'm moving from a time where I um, am able to be a mother to a time where I am not going to be able to be a mother anymore. My body is shifting, and I'm transitioning, and roles are changing. And it's weird because I've had to ask myself, who am I if I'm no longer able to produce children? Who am I when I don't have a baby anymore? Who am I? when I'm not somebody's mom. Well, I'll always be their mom, but you know what I mean, when I'm not able to continue this family lineage. Maybe you've asked questions like this of yourself. Maybe for you, it's who I am if, if uh, I lose my parent. Who am I if I get this divorce? Who am I if I've lost a child? Who am I? There are so many challenges and changes in life that can leave you confused. And often these crises can lead to real struggles in mental and physical health that result in spiritual deficits that the world will try to fill with its version of truth. And these truths are not founded in God's created order or in his purpose for your life. So the good news today is that God is never taken by surprise by such things and the enemy would love nothing more than for you and I to be confused about who we are. So this leads us to open in lapses of judgment about our values, ethics, and morals and roles. But when we choose To identify ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ, everything changes. And our roles are settled in such a way that we never have to question our core identity again. That means shifts that happen around us no longer shake us personally. So the first question you have to settle for yourself in your life is, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Last week, Alfie shared with you the historical evidence that Jesus was not only a real person who lived 2,000 years ago, but that he uh, had made a worldwide impact while he lived. Alfie demonstrated that he was actually crucified, and several non-Christian sources spoke of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Alfie also shared with us that there was seismic data collected around the time of Jesus' death by a historian, excuse me, occurring so... They checked the soil that would date back to the time of Jesus' death on the cross and they found that there was an earthquake that would would be able to be correlated to the biblical account of the earth being shaken and the world being turned to darkness. One of the things that I found so compelling was that a non-Christian historian actually writes about a time during one day in an April afternoon where the sky went dark and the earth shook. It's amazing when you consider all the evidence for Jesus Christ. And if all this wasn't enough to believe in the identity of Jesus Christ and the truth of the biblical accounts, you have... The many, many people who have not only seen the resurrected Jesus, but have eaten and spoken with him since. And I stand before you this morning as a witness that Christ has spoken to me and has appeared to me, giving me clear direction of my call to lead this very church. He is real, and he is alive, and he has a plan for your life. But you have to decide. Is Jesus the Messiah, or isn't he? Is he the one who can forgive my sins, and set me apart for a relationship with God. Because your identity can remain fixed when you settle your spiritual life by believing and receiving and uh, becoming gods. This is what uh, we, we have in John 1, 12 through 13. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. You are reborn into a new identity in Jesus Christ. This morning, I am here to combat the lies that the enemy will tell you. Um, He will come at you with the little gremlins that pop up in your heart and mind with a new identity in Christ. And I'm going to equip you with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, so that you can fight effectively against the many crises that will seek to unseat who you are in Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't have a Bible, we have free Bibles out in the lobby we'd love to give you today. But you can also download the YouVersion Bible app right on your phone and follow along with me today. So the Bible is made up of letters of the eyewitnesses of Jesus' life. Paul witnessed the resurrection, the resurrected Jesus, and had to decide who he would be in light of that relationship with Jesus. Like, y'all, Jesus came down and knocked him off his high, high horse for real. Brother was blind for three days, could figure out who he was, and Jesus said, here I am. Y'all better believe in me or not. This is your choice. And Paul said, I have no choice but to believe now. Now I know that Jesus is real. Paul became a devoted disciple because of that high horse moment on the road. And he became a missionary who helped start churches in the Roman Empire. And he writes this to the church in Ephesus, and it has relevance to you and I today. He writes this in Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. It says, praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus and to us, explains the wonderful things that we receive for our new identity in Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ, he says we have every spiritual blessing every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. This is a vast span, the heavenly realm. That's a lot. And we have every spiritual blessing available to us. So this morning, I'm going to give you three things that as a follower of Jesus are foundational for your identity. So if you're following along with me, write these down. The first one I want you to write down, and I'm going to give you a ton of scripture today. Just know it's coming at you. So the first thing you are in Christ is forgiven. You are forgiven. Romans 2, 22 through 24 says this, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So through Jesus Our sins from our past are forgiven and we are now justified by Jesus and declared not guilty of sin. There are some people in this room right now that you are an answer to prayer. Just the fact that you're here are an answer to somebody who's been praying for you to encounter Jesus and to be forgiven. That's exciting for me today. And this is the first promise that Jesus gives us in Acts. It says this in Acts 13 38. It says, therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Likewise, in Ephesians 1 7, it says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So forgiveness means that we are set free from the law of sin that leads to spiritual death. The book of Revelation tells us that there will be a time of a second death. You will die once, you will be judged, and then there will be a second death. Those who participate in the second death will be those who did not have a relationship with Jesus. But we are forgiven and given the opportunity to live in that forgiveness in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You and I are given the choice in our lives whether we choose to behave morally or choose to behave immorally against God's laws. Everybody, when you were a kid, you made the choice. Each and every single one of us made the choice to lie, steal the cookie, hit the friend, bite the sister, right? Each of us knew because the Bible tells us very clearly and it's evidenced by psychologists that we have a moral code written into our hearts. Every child inherently does know right from wrong. When somebody cuts in front of you in line, you know, bro, you just messed up. You know you've been wronged. And so you know right and wrong. God has written it on our hearts and we each choose that thing. Yet each one of us will continue to choose that thing and there was only one who never chose and that was Jesus Christ. He never sinned. He never bit his brother, y'all. It's amazing to me. He never lashed out irrationally or took his brother's sandals and threw them. He never did that. And it's only through Jesus' blood shed for you that his righteousness can be yours, that his forgiveness is yours. And you're set free from the law that requires your spiritual death. That's amazing news. In Romans 8, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ, because Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The result of your identity in Christ is that you are no longer who you once were. No matter what your ex says about you, no matter what the sins you committed that got you labeled or sentenced, no, you are no longer known by the sins of your past, but you are freed from them and the consequences of those in the spiritual realm. And the best part is that Ephesians spells out that this spiritual blessing is in the spiritual realms. That means it's imparted to you for eternity. FOEVA. Forever. That's a shirt right there. Marketing team needs to get on that. That is a shirt. FOEVA. And this is what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone, who's anyone? I'm anyone. You're anyone. Jojo, the knucklehead from fifth grade, is anyone. Right? If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. So the next time somebody labels you or reminds you of who you used to be, you just tell them that you have been set free by Jesus Christ and that you have a new label and that label is forgiven. Period, as the kids would say. Period. Hey, I just want to celebrate as a side note that we had a Hope Youth event here at the middle school Friday night. We had 40 students show up. It was amazing, amazing. And they got to hear a message that they were forgiven, that in Christ they could attain that. It was amazing. The second thing that you are today because of Jesus Christ and your new identity in Jesus Christ is holy. You're holy. Ephesians 4, 1, 4 through 6 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be what? Holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and goodwill to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. So now you're forgiven and you're given a new status with God because of Christ Christ. You are sanctified and made acceptable to God. You are made holy. So the next time you get in a fight with your spouse, you turn around and you say, I'm holy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that's going to work for you. You probably should just say, I'm sorry. That's probably (laughs) a better one. But you really are holy. And just as God is holy... He gives you a new station in the heavenly realms. Holiness. And we shift from being on the outside of God's kingdom, unable to even approach him because of our sinful nature. We are able to step into, listen, it says, because no one who is living will see the kingdom of God, right? To being able to enter into the kingdom of God in his very presence, to be near him because of the holiness given to us by Jesus Christ's sacrifice. Do you understand what that does for you as a person? It means that you can boldly approach the throne of grace, and these two passages agree. 1 Corinthians 130 says, "It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness." Our holiness and redemption. 1 Corinthians 5.21 goes on to tell us that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. You are holy because of Christ's gift of holiness for us who are able to finally obey God's command in Leviticus. He says to his people, be holy for I am holy. Well, you can't do that without Jesus. The truth is that you need Christ to be holy, and you need his Holy Spirit to help you. You need the Holy Spirit in your life to help you, and the good news is that you can have that. Apart from an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ, you can't, though. It's a gift of God through the grace that he gives us. And we do this through confession. The Bible says when he confesses our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Apart from divine intervention, we could never be holy and therefore could never stand in the presence of the Holy Creator God. But there is no inferior holiness. I am not more holy than you. And you are not more holy than me. And the Pope ain't more holy than the Cardinal. It's just not the way it works because we have all been in part of the same holiness through the same Christ. Here's the third thing in your identity in these next few minutes. You are gods. You are gods. Listen to how Paul writes this to you. In love he predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In love he predestined us. Not out of obligation. His desire was to show you his love and to call you his own. He wanted you from the start. He never wanted to be apart from human creation. He always wanted to have relationship with us. But our sin pushed us out and God's love brings us back home again. And this was his plan all along from the dawn of time. God had you in mind and Christ was prepared in advance so that you could be forgiven and made holy and to be his, his God's son. And the adoption to sonship is really, really important. I've been reading the book of Chronicles, and it is um, at times very boring and taxing. And I find it sometimes a little offensive, honestly, as a woman, because I read all of these begots, okay? So Jedediah begot Elkiah, who begot... Guess what all of those names are? Boys, men, dudes. Sometimes a wife gets mentioned in there at some point, But you would need to understand that in biblical times, the firstborn son was important. The firstborn son got the inheritance of the father. The other kids really didn't get anything except for to work for the firstborn son. Congratulations, your second, work for your brother. Right? And so because Jesus Christ is the firstborn son of God, His holiness is given to us. Not only do we get his holiness, but we get the adoption to sonship regardless of our gender, regardless of our race, regardless of what we've done or what we've earned. So I am the heir of the kingdom of God because of Jesus Christ. It doesn't have anything to do with my birth order or my gender because of Jesus Christ. All are equal. All are adopted to the sonship. That's huge, ladies. That means all them begots don't matter because Jesus begot you. Right? Jesus begot you. Galatians 4, 5 through 7 says this, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, notice he is talking to a mixed crowd and says, you are all his sons, even though he was addressing women. Because you get the same rights thereunto as the son. It says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. It goes on in Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 and says this, And you are also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. This is the message of truth you're hearing right now. The gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. When we are gods, we are no longer to conduct ourselves apart from him. You are gods. Act like it. You are holy, Act like it. You are forgiven. Act like it. He sanctifies us and calls us uh, his, not so we can conduct ourselves immorally, but so that we can live live holy lives attuned to his Holy Spirit. There should be a difference in our lives from those who don't know Jesus. It should be marked difference. Because we are gods, we now have two distinct privileges along with salvation and sanctification. We get to be in close proximity with God. Remember, I said our holiness sets us up. Ephesians two thirteen confirms it when it says, "But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ." And this ability um, to come into God's presence gives us uh, comes with freedom. We are free to approach God anytime, anywhere no matter what. We don't have to be afraid to approach God. We are free to come to the king and bring all of our requests and all of our concerns, our praise and thanksgiving. We will not be rejected because of Jesus and his blameless, holy life that was given for us that we now have. The other thing is, is that we have confidence. We can boldly approach the throne of grace and know that we will be heard. We can know. Let me let me ask you a question. If If you have a king and there's a servant or a, a peasant that comes in and has a request, and there's a son who comes in and has a request, who do you think you feel like is going to get heard more? The son or the, or the peasant? The son. You are the son. You are the son because of Jesus. He will hear you. He wants to hear your request. So the next time somebody comes at your neck, and tries to suck you back down into the dirt, the next time somebody tries to throw shade and throws your past back in your face, the next time they remind you that you are poor, uneducated, or lacking in any way, remember that you are God's. I'm my daddy's girl. I'm my daddy's girl. You mess with me, you mess with my daddy. You try to tell me I'm something I'm not, nope. I'm my daddy's and I'm holy and I'm forgiven. So you better step off, right? Now I want you to know that there's a distinct purpose for the new identity in Christ. And that's found in the prayer that Jesus made for us. It's also found in Ephesians He says in the Ephesians passage, I'm skipping guys, sorry, that he's made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time reached their fulfillment to bring unity. It isn't just so you can feel good about yourself. It's so that you can be united with Christ and united with other people in this church. You are one body and we are one church. And because of Christ, we have equity across this body so that we can be one. Jesus prayed this. He said, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them with the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. The purpose of your identity is unity. I'm so honored to be a part of this body of Jesus Christ. You guys really are the hands and feet. You really do what you say you're going to do. You show up and show off for students. You let them know that God loves them and feed them walking tacos. Gross fact, some kids like spicy Funyun walking tacos. If you don't know what a walking taco is, you take a bag of chips and you open it and you put a scoop of taco meat and then fixins like sour cream and salsa and all that stuff, and then you just eat it right out of the bag. Spicy Funyuns apparently is the thing. Uh, we won't be doing that. Mm-mm. I don't think my stomach could handle that now. I don't think it would work, but it works. And if that's the way they know that Jesus loves them, Funyuns and taco stuff, it is, right? Jesus loves you, here's a bag of Funyuns. <laughs> Listen, in Christ, we accept one another as brothers and sisters, as co-heirs of the kingdom of God because we are his children, his chosen people. We are his. And all of this is to secure unity with God and with each other. So this morning, I don't know if you've never made a decision to say yes to Jesus, but I want to offer you an opportunity to do that this morning. If you do say yes to Jesus this morning, it's really simple um, to respond to Jesus in prayer. But I also would love to know that that was your decision today. I'm not going to hound you, but I would love to connect with you and, and uh, help you on this journey. It all happens through text, so it's not invasive into your life. Um, but it's just a way that I can know that you said yes. So you can actually snap this QR code on the screen during prayer or text, that's me to 94,000, but I want to pray with you. If, if you want to say, yes, I want to start a relationship with Jesus. I need to be forgiven. I, I want to be holy. I want to be God's. I want to be in this family, this church. I want to be one with God. You can have that right now. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to come to say yes to you and to step into a relationship with that results in our forgiveness and holiness and a brand new identity that is crisis-proof. Father, I say yes to you this morning. I, I, wanna, I want you to come and, and make me new. I want a relationship with you. Father, as I um, respond to the church and say that I'm saying yes to you, I pray that you would help me to connect and, and to build a relationship through reading your Bible in prayer. I don't know what that means right now, God, but I know these people are going to help me. Father, I just thank you for that. Father, I just want to lift up in prayer those of you of us in this number who maybe have walked away from you. We might have um, just kind of left our faith somewhere back there. But today we feel a call and a tug in our hearts to come home. Uh, to say, I'm back. I'm coming back to you, God. I'm coming back to a relationship where I know who I am. I don't want a crisis of my identity. I want to know that I'm yours. Father, I just thank you that we have these crazy means like a QR code and a text code. Father, I pray that anybody who is saying, I'm back, I'm connecting with Jesus again today, would just take that opportunity to snap the QR code. But God, more than that, I pray that your Holy Spirit would affirm with them right now in their heart and mind that you are welcoming them home. Thank you, God, for all that you are doing in and through us as a church. God, we ask that you would continue to use us and make us usable for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hope. Delmarva.com. That's Hope, D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening.